just as God's love is a holy love, so our love for God and for one another ought to motivate us to live holy lives before the Lord. Holy lives before the Lord. Not lives in hypocrisy. Not having a divided heart in my life. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're glad you've tuned in today for our continuing series celebrating God's amazing love. As we begin this new year, Raul will encourage you to take an honest look at whether your life truly honors the Lord and His gift of salvation. Stay with us for a challenge to evaluate your habits and priorities so that you can better glorify God with righteousness and a life of faithful obedience. We'll be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 today for the lesson, How We Should Be Walking in Love. Here's Raul Reese. Paul says, Finally then, brethren, we urge you and exhort you in the Lord Jesus Christ that you should abound more and more, just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know the commandments that we gave to you through the Lord Jesus, and for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage or defraud his brother in any matter. But the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we have forewarned you, now we testify. For God did not call us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Therefore he who rejects this does not reject man, but God. Notice, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. Now, it is interesting that every believer is asked to be ambitious, and that is ambitious to please God in every area of our lives. And the reason is because we're not of this world. We are going to be living in heaven forever and ever and ever. We are pilgrims and strangers that are only cruising on this earth just for a little while. Just for a little while. And then we're going to be in the presence of the Lord. I heard today on the news that the oldest man, in, I guess in California, died 110 years old. His wife was 80. And that's a long time for us. But in the Bible, in the Old Testament, they used to live 900 years. That's a long time. Can you imagine 900 years? But I'm so happy and so glad to be able to know that there is no fear in death. Especially reading this great book of 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. Why? Because the whole book deals with the coming of the Lord and our excitement of the coming of the Lord. And that's why we want to be pleasing to the Lord and we want to keep pure unto the Lord. Walking in holiness. 
unto the Lord. That is so important. There are so many temptations today in the world, especially I feel sorry for young people today. Because of by means of the internet, that has opened incredibly the knowledge of the world. An eye and a window so huge for people to really get messed up and become polluted in all these websites that are totally messed up people that are putting filthiness on the web. It's so sad, but it's happening. And to be a Christian today, like in the first century church, you really have to make a stand. You really have to stand for what's right. Even though we get tempted. Even though it would be easy to sin against God, yet in the consciousness of my mind, I know that God sees everything. He hears everything. He doesn't sleep or slumber. He sees me every day 24-7, 365 days in a year. Doesn't miss anything in my life. And that's why this passage just really spoke to my heart concerning those that really want to be used of God. You have to keep pure. You have to keep pure in the presence of God. Because once you enter that area of fornication or adultery, then you're, what you're doing is you're actually giving out your body and you're lending your body out like a prostitute does to those that are commercializing it. And you're breaking fellowship with God. Because now you no longer have clean hands. But you've been stained. Until there's true repentance and there's a change of heart. And there's a, actually a departure from that sin. That God can begin to communicate with you again and bless you. The way he intended to do that. And then in the next passage what he does now. In verses 9 through 12. As he's continuing on to know the Lord and the coming of the Lord. He's not going to be dealing On the ways that we can please God. Four practical duties are given to the child of God. To be obedient as God's children. Number one. That we should grow in God's love. More and more and more. Every day. Every day. Verses 9 to 10. Secondly. We should study to be quiet. Verse 11. And then thirdly, that we should mind our own business. Again in verse 11. And then in verse 11 through 12, it says we should work with our own hands. He that doesn't work doesn't eat. You see? So he's going to be exhorting us in four great areas that the Bible talks about, especially at the coming of the Lord. Because there were those in the body of Christ in Thessalonica. Remember, it was a church that grew in three weeks. I mean, these guys were three weeks old in the Lord. And Paul gave them the full counsel of God. And there were excited people. And they were growing. And they were witnessing. But at the same time, they had those prostitute temples. Temples of prostitution. And they had those people that hated Christians. And they were living in that society that was very, very sexual and very greedy and very prosperous. And as a child of God coming to the Lord in three weeks, here you are and you're learning a whole new basis upon the Word of God where now God says, be you pure. 
You can't go to the prostitute houses anymore. Because you're a child of God. And you can do the things that you used to do. Because you've been born again to the Holy Spirit. And everything that you have in your life now is brand new. You're a child of the light now. Because you've been sanctified by the Lord. And these people that came to know the Lord immediately, immediately got excited because they said, the Lord is going to come. I really believe that one of the areas of keeping holy unto the Lord and keeping excitable so you don't become complacent is constantly learning and recognizing and being excited to know that Jesus is coming. That Jesus is coming soon. He could come. The problem is this, that if the Lord comes visibly, the second coming, or if He comes at the rapture of the church, that's cool. But there are no guarantees for any one of us here tonight that tonight we're going to go home and we're going to live tomorrow. We could die tonight. could be the night. That's why we have to be ready. When he says the coming of the Lord, he could come tonight to your house and knock on your door and say, tonight I require your life from you. Let's go. We have to be ready. There are no guarantees about death. And that's why we live for him. And we praise him and we honor him. Because we do want to be pleasing to the Lord. And what was God's will? He said, God's will for our lives is our sanctification, our setting apart ourselves to God, to use us as He wills. That's why Paul the Apostle in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, he says, I therefore beg you by the mercies of God that you would present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service to God. And be you not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your minds, which is God's perfect will for my life. You see? God requires that. Those are the requirements. My body is no longer mine. I used to do as I pleased with my body. No more. I don't do that anymore. It's really important that you and I understand that we are now new creatures in Christ Jesus. And I'm no longer under my own supervision or I'm not in charge of my life. I've turned it over to the Lord. I've submitted. And I said, Lord, here is my life. You do as you please. I don't call the shots anymore as I used to before I came to Christ. My life has totally changed. I'm in their orders now. I'm in submission to my chief commander, Jesus Christ. And he tells me what to do. As I spend time in his word. As I spend time in prayer. You see? As I spend time in church like tonight. Fellowship and hearing God's word. So that I can get direction and guidance for my life. In the way that he wants to lead my life. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165. And be sure to join Rawl on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time for practical Bible-based guidance for a God-honoring life. Now let's get back to the lesson from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Now here Paul in chapter 4 verses 9 and 10. He's exhorting us now to walk in love. 
Now Paul makes that transition from the holiness to that importance of love. Love is very important in the Christian life. Why? Because without love, we are what? Nothing. You see? Nothing without love. And it's so cool because here Paul made this transition in his prayer in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, 11 to 13. If you remember, he said, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you. And then he said this, so that he, Jesus, may establish your hearts blameless and in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all of his saints. That's what Paul prayed in chapter 3, verse 11 through 13. That we would grow to love one another. And that we would grow unto holiness. Why? Because Jesus is coming again. Just as God's love is a holy love, so our love for God and for one another ought to motivate us to live holy lives before the Lord. Holy lives before the Lord. Not lives in hypocrisy. Not having a divided heart in my life. But to truly, truly allow God to move my life. And to do whatever he wants to do in my life even tonight. Lord here I am. I submit to you Lord. There may be some of you here tonight. As Paul is talking to us through the Holy Spirit. That you don't have love for your friends. You don't have love for your brothers. And yet you call yourself a Christian. As a child of God I have to learn how to love. And how to love my neighbor as myself. And to love my enemy. To forgive. To forget. Otherwise, where is the love of Christ? You see? Where is the love of Christ? The more we live like God, the more we will love one another. Why? Because the more we love God, the more we'll become like God. In His image. As we surrender, as we submit. If a Christian really loves his brother, he will not sin against him. Why? Because you'll learn to forgive and not to hold grudges. When you get angry at somebody that does something to you. That's really hard sometimes. And it's really important that if we call ourselves children of God or Christians, then we need to have that love within our hearts and be able to forgive and to forget and not to point the finger and say, I'm going to get even with you. That's not a Christian. That's the world. That's why in 1 Thessalonians 4, 6, again, he says that no one should take advantage or defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also forewarn you and testify to you. Remember he was talking about that person that defrauds a sister or a brother sexually. God will become the avenger of your life. You have to be careful. True love If I really love you, I'm not going to defraud you. You see, I'm not going to hurt you. If I really love you, I'm not going to accuse you. If I really love you, 
I'm going to ignore what you said and I'm going to forgive you and go my way. But yet there are people that don't do that. Let me give you biblically, there are four words for love. Eros, phileo, agape, and storio. When we talk about eros love, it refers to physical love. It gives us our English word erotic. That's where we get our word, erotic. And it's interesting because eros love does not have to be sinful. But in Paul's day, the main emphasis was sensual or sexual. When someone comes to you as a girl or a woman, the guy comes to you and says, Oh man, I love you so much. Test out the waters. What kind of love? Is he saying eros, phileo, agape, or sterkio? What do you mean? I love you. But if he says, I love you, arrows, he's saying what? I love you and I want to take from you. No respect for you. He's just using you. That's all there is. Think of how many young people today and elderly people are using male or female through arrows love. Think of how many girls by some young men have been used and then dumped after they used them through Eros love. That's not the love of God. That's not Philadelphia's love. Brotherly love. You see, Eros love is selfish. Eros love doesn't care about you, only me, myself and I. Eros love. Eros love is always taking and grabbing and never giving anything in return. I have to satisfy myself, forget you. Eros love. I always like to share with a counsel with young people when they come to me and they say, well, you don't want to marry this person. Ask them if they really love you. You say, what do you mean? Well, let me ask you this. Have you guys been sleeping together? Well, is that real love? No, that's not real love. If you really, really want to find that, I tell them, you really want me to marry you, what I want you guys to do is I want you to break it up for six months. Separate. You go your way and pray, and you pray and see if this was just a sexual relationship or if this is the Lord. Because what happens when you get involved sexually with someone, especially when you're not married, you know, when you get married, the excitement is gone. Something that God has given to us to keep ourselves pure. So when we meet that person that we're going to marry, that's going to be exciting that very night after we get married. And for the first time, we're going to get together intimately. Because this is what God has created for us. For husband and wife. But apart from that, it's of no value. It's all selfish. Eros. Eros love. And then, you have the word storgio. And this word in Greek, it refers to family love. The love of a parent for his children. The love of a grandfather, grandmother toward their grandchildren. You see? That's a good love. 
this word is also absent in the New Testament. You don't find it. Although the related word is translated in the Bible, kindly affectionate or kindly affectioned. It's used that way. That's it. In Romans 12.10, he says, Be you kindly affectionate. That's the only place in the New Testament it's used. To one another. With brotherly love, in honor, given preference to one another. You see, the two words must be used for love is philea and agape. Philea and agape. Philea, thirdly, is the love of deep affection. Such as friendship or even marriage. Friendship of even marriage. The love that I have for Dale. It's totally different than I have for my wife. We've been friends for a long time, but I don't <laughs> love him like my wife. Number one, he doesn't have any hair. <laughs> but I mean, think about, you know, when you go back to the book of 1 Samuel, when it says that David and Jonathan loved each other, that's where the homosexual community comes in. Ah, oh, you see, homosexuality is in the Bible. David and Jonathan were lovers. That's not true. They loved each other as friends. There was a deep love for one another. You see? And it's really important here because philea is the love, again, of deep affection for friendship or even marriage. But agape... It's love for God, where God's love is so great that God's love is not selfish. God's love is always giving and granting nothing in return ever. Agape. That's why they used to say, I agape you. I love you with God's love. You see? God's love. It is not simply a love based on feeling like phileo. It's expressed in our wills in order to love God. Agape treats others as God would treat them, regardless of feeling or personal preferences. It's like we tell the homosexual community, we don't hate homosexuals. We don't hate lesbians. We don't hate child molesters. We hate their sin. But we don't hate them. We wish they could come to know Christ. There would have to be great conversion in their lives. Like an alcoholic or a fornicator or an adult, there's no difference. Sin is sin. We don't hate people. We love people. We hate sin, which destroys a person's life. You see? Jesus loved sinners. He loved sinners, but he hated their sin. That's why he went to the cross. To nail our sins to the cross, to redeem us through His blood, to make atonement for us that are sinners. That's what's so cool about Jesus Christ. Well, it's our sincere hope that today's message has motivated you to explore how you can get this year off to a strong start with fresh goals and habits that not only please the Lord, but point others to Him. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. The limits of broadcast time don't allow us to bring you everything that Raul mentioned in today's message, but you can get the entire study for a gift of $5 or more. Call 800-634-9165 to ask for Raul's teaching titled, How We Should Be Walking in Love. 
Now, we'd also like to tell you about this entire 25-message love series on MP3. Conveniently compiled on an easily transportable USB drive, every lesson will strengthen your heart with deeper insights into God's life-changing compassion. You'll also see how the Lord's love can shape your priorities with an eye on blessing others as you've been blessed. So don't wait. Get in touch with us today to purchase Rawls' love series on MP3. Just visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send your flash drive for a gift of $25 or more. Once again, our number is 800-634-9165. To order this resource by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. You can also take advantage of our many free Somebody Loves You resources. Our app is downloadable to both iPhones and Androids and features several convenient ways to infuse God's Word into your daily life, from digital studies to an easy personal reading plan. For more Bible-based teaching, download a podcast of any of these programs using iTunes or Spotify. And you'll also want to visit our website and subscribe to Rawls' daily devotional emails. Everyone has insights from the Word of God that will help you start your mornings focused on the Lord. This is a listener-supported ministry, and your partnership helps keep us on the air, and we're grateful for you. Every contribution you make is tax-deductible. Tomorrow, we'll continue our focus on the Lord's amazing mercy and love. As you reflect on how these rich gifts have blessed your life, you'll get a challenge to look for meaningful ways you can share the greatness of God's heart with those around you. That's next time on Somebody Loves You Radio. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.